Thanks for listening to a YPC podcast. We believe God wants to do so much for you and through you, and we'd love to hear about it. Take a second to send your story to office at ypcprior.com and enjoy the message today. We're moving into this new series, and we've all asked the question, are we there yet? I know that. We, we can all remember being uh, children and on our way to grandma and grandpa's house, right? It seemed like an endless journey when you're a kid. I mean, going across town seems like forever, you know? Or maybe we were going on a family vacation. Maybe you were driving to the Rocky Mountains. And from here, I feel like that's an eight, maybe a 10-hour drive. I don't know. Uh, I haven't driven it from Oklahoma. I've driven it from Kansas, but not Oklahoma. And it took a long time from Kansas. And I can remember, you know, even as a child, we would go on vacations, and we would ask the question, are we there yet? I know my boys, my boys, they were great. My boys, Taylor, we'd back out of the driveway. He'd be asleep. I mean, it was awesome. We wouldn't see him again until we got there because he would just be asleep. Tyson was that way. Um, he wasn't, he wasn't, I mean, he, he may stay awake a little bit longer, but my daughter, my daughter would not sleep in the car. I'm talking from, from little, young, baby. Like the minute she could look out the window, she would, we could give her cough medicine. Not that we would do that. Not that we would do that, you know, unless they had a cough or something, you know. But we wouldn't, we wouldn't do that intentionally to get them to go to sleep. She, we, she, would, she would be slurring her words. She was so tired. You know what I'm talking about? I'm hungry, I'm hungry, whatever, you know. And she just would not go to sleep. We would even tell her, go to sleep, go to sleep. Because we knew 15, 20, 30 minutes into the conversation, we were going to hear it. Daddy, are we there yet? And all the whole trip, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we? I think some of us, our internal GPS is malfunctioning. I think some of us, we're looking at, at the, the future in our life. We're looking at our, our perceived destiny, our destination, and we're asking ourselves the question, are we there yet? Well, my question to all of our weekend services this weekend is simply this. Where is there? Where is there? I mean, if you don't know where there is, if you don't have a plan about there, then how are you going to know if you're there yet? I mean, how will we know? Well, you got to have a plan. And so we're, gonna, we're actually going to kind of, we're going to come in just a little bit higher this weekend. And then as the series progresses, we're going we're gonna to bring it down into a landing for all of you. Today, we're going to be a little, little bit more super practical. I think we have, if we're inspirational all the time, and we never get down in the weeds and deal with some practical things about life, then we'll all be really inspired and still have no real fruit to show from it. Are you with me, friends? So we're going to have to have some practical conversations this week. So I want to just start with some practical things today. Um, Jesus was practical. He fed 5,000 people, and he still told all the disciples to go pick up the leftovers. It was about stewardship, right? They, they picked up 12 basket loads. There are practical things in Scripture. And so just because it's going to be a little bit more practical today does not mean it's any less spiritual today. Can I have an amen, someone? Come on, I'm fixing to give you a life vest to save you from drowning. Are you ready for this today? I don't think you're ready for this. All right, thank you. Here we go. You might want to take notes. You might want to write some of these things down because we're going to set you free today. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. 
for your word. And Lord, that is what it's all about. We want your word. Father, we don't want latest trends. God, we don't want uh, we, don't, we don't even want fads. We don't want any of that. Lord, we know that there are some things as far as technology is concerned that can help us. But Father, what we want is your word. The Bible says that we would know the truth and the truth would set us free. But your word also says that we, we've got to be more than just hearers of your word, hearers of the truth. We actually have to be doers. Father, I pray that today something that is said, even if it's not even anything I say, even if it's something that the Holy Spirit says to them, to us, Father God, is, is that thing that, that pushes us over the threshold and forces us to become doers of your word in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, we can see God's plan of practical stewardship in the books of the beginning, in the beginning, Genesis. In fact, I'm going to read out of Genesis chapter 3 this morning. So Genesis chapter 3, verse 6. Now watch, watch for what God wants to say to you today. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some of it and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were open, and they realized that they were naked, so they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God, the Lord, the Lord God called to the man, where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, who told you you were naked? You know, several of us, we've, we've made foolish decisions in our life. Um, maybe we didn't understand everything we needed to know about finances, about even just practical details of life, and, and we got ourselves into trouble. We got ourselves into problems. Achieving all that God has for you begins with answering the question, where are you? I mean, where are you, really? You know, if you want to experience freedom from debt and financial bondage, it begins with answering the question, where are you? Where are you? I mean, the prodigal son answered it. There was one day, he, the Bible says, he came to himself and he realized, man, my father's servants are living better than this. He's slopping the hogs, you know what I mean? Sleeping in who knows where and what kind of filth he's at. And he came to himself and he says, this, is, this isn't good. My father's servants have it better than this. And he, 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 he answered, where are we? If you're on a journey to financial freedom, if you're asking yourself, are we there yet? The first thing you have to answer is, where am I really? Some of us, we're desperate. We're desperate. We need help. We're desperate for, for God to move in our life, but we have no idea where we are. We have no idea how much we really need. The Bible says, my God will meet all your needs according to his riches according to the riches of his glory by Christ Jesus or in Christ Jesus, 
but some of us, we have no idea what our need really is. I could walk through the crowd right now, ask 30 people to stand up and say, how much do you actually need? And no one would know the answer. They may come up with a number, and they would hope that it's right, but we have no idea how much we really need. We have no idea where we really are. Freedom begins, listen to me, friends, when we have done an assessment of where we really are. I mean, if you go in for a loan, the first thing the banker is going to ask you is, how much do you need, right? The second question they're going to ask you is, show me your financial report. Like, give me an assessment of your finances. They want to know where you are. We have a tendency when we get into financial trouble to stick our head in the sand because we don't want to look at it. We don't want to look at it. It's too much pain. It's, it's, it, we, we can't see a way out, so we would just as soon not have conversations about it. We use generalizations like, well, I'm in debt. Oh, okay. How much debt? Oh, it's just a lot. <laughs> well, how much? What is your credit score? I, I don't know. I've never really checked it. You should. Why is your credit score the way it is? What's on the report? Do you know why it's there? Where are you? You know, if you're denied a mortgage, if you're denied a loan, man, I just can't get one. Why? You need to know why. God couldn't do anything for Adam until he confronted himself. Where are you? Are you with me today, friends? Where are you in life? That'll determine the age and stage you're in. Do you have small children, or are your children grown? Are you getting ready for retirement, or are you getting ready for college? What are your assets and, li and liabilities? Write them down. You know, electric bill, okay? We're going into winter. It's going to be $200 a month. My car payment, $285 a month, whatever it is. Write it down. You need to be able to see where you are. What's your net worth? What does that mean? If you sold everything, okay, you cashed out of everything, and you had it in cash, how much are you worth? And people are like, I just don't, I, I, where, where is this in Scripture, Pastor? First thing, the Lord asked Adam, where are you? You need to know where you are. Some people, we say the B word, and you cringe. Budget. <laughs> right? budget. We don't want a budget. We already know that the budget's not going to work. Why would I look at it and just make myself depressed, right? Why? I know I've got more going out than I have coming in. I know I'm trying to figure out how to make ends meet. And so we're so afraid of creating a budget that we won't even consider it. You need to know where you are. For some of you, you've never even attempted a budget well, I'm going to give you a free resource right now that's going to help you at least assess where you are. It's, uh, I, I, we were doing some study for our own personal benefit, and uh, one of Forbes' top 10 free apps right now, um, the number one app on top was an app called Mint.com, and it's free. Uh, and basically, all you do is you just, you just plug, it's plug and play. You, you, you download it. You tell it the information if you want it to. It can connect to your bank account. Well, I don't trust that. Then don't do it. 
trust. We have done it, and it, it, it's not taking money out of your account, okay? That's illegal, all right? It's not doing that, and it's not selling your information. But what, what it does is that you, you connect it to your account. You can connect it to your investments if that's what you want to do, and it tracks everything for you. All you have to do is plug in the numbers, and it'll create a budget for you. Every poor person in Scripture who received a miracle from God knew right where they were and right where they needed to go. The little boy had, had two, five loaves and two fish, right? The one lady had a handful of flour, and she says, I'm about to bake a cake, and then I'm going to die Seems extreme, but she knew exactly where she was. And out of their ability to locate where they are, God was able to show them their next step to get them out. Are you with me this morning? We got to start practical. We got to have a conversation with some of us in the room who've never, no one's ever grabbed them by the hand and showed them how to have how to balance their checkbook, how to create a budget. No one's ever walked them through what it takes to live. And so we've, we have taken on the responsibility to do that. Instead, some of us, as humans, we, when we fail, we hide. Adam got himself into trouble. He was the one that bit the fruit and then what does he do? He sews fig leaves together to hide his shame, to hide his own nakedness. I was afraid, so I hid. When we're in deep, the first thing that we try to do is we try to get ourselves out of it. We try to rely on, on other means to get us out of these things. Adam was just getting himself deeper and deeper. We do the same things. But here's what we need to understand. If we're sewing fig leaves together, practically speaking, trying to get ourselves out of a bind, it may look good for, you know, today, but tomorrow we need to recognize those fig leaves begin to dry out, and then the seams begin to stretch, and then it's not too long before they fall apart, and you've got to sew more fig leaves together. Can I help you today? Give me permission to help you. Stop using credit cards. Are you with me? Stop using credit cards to provide for your everyday needs. We just need to have some hard conversations. We need to address the elephant in the room. Don't use one credit card to pay off another credit card. Are you with me? Like, let's just, I mean, and it's one thing if the interest rate's better and you have a plan to knock it down. Using credit cards to buy diapers instead of selling the car with the payment that's too high. Oh, well, pastor, I need a dependable mode of transportation. Well, your definition of dependable is different than others. Dependable means you can trust it. It's going to start in the morning, and it's going to get you there. Dependable is not Bluetooth navigation, backup camera, right? It parks itself. Watch this. Boop. You know what I mean? Those things, when we, when we step into some of those things, listen, if you're there, go get it. But if you're using credit cards to pay your payments because you've got too high of a car payment, listen, you may need to sell the car. Well, I'm not getting too many amens on this one today. <laughs> Pastor, you set me free last weekend. Asking friends or family for money to get through. Well, it's just this month. And listen, thank God for friends and family that will help you. 
And maybe it's, it's, it's a unique situation. Maybe something did happen. Maybe some, and, and thank God for people. But when you find yourself in a habit, when you find yourself doing it every single month or even every other month, when you're almost avoiding, when, when you figure that when you call or text and they're going, oh, no, here we go again, that's not a good place to be. Where are you? I mean, you go into any hotel room and shut the door, and on the back of the hotel room, there is, it says, you are here, right? So if, if the building's on fire, you need to know the quickest way out of the building so you can see where you are. You need to know, when I open the door, do I go left or do I go right? You know, what's the fastest way out? And that's what we're trying to establish today, where are you? Because some of us in the room, the building is on fire and you need out. And you'll never know unless you know where you are. Are you with me today, friends? Philippians chapter 3, 13, the Bible says, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to have, to have taken hold of it. In other words, I'm not there yet. I'm not going to pretend that I'm there yet. I know where I'm going, but I'm not there yet. I don't act like I'm there yet. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind. In other words, I'm not dwelling on my past. You have freedom today to recognize that you made some mistakes in your early years or last week. You have freedom today to acknowledge it and say, you know what, today's a new day. This is a defining moment. This is when I'm drawing a line in the sand. I recognize that I made some mistakes, but now I'm going forward. He says, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. The second thing to help you find financial freedom, if the first thing, first thing is, is finding out where you are, the second thing is, where are you going? Where are you going? We all need a destination. What am I trying to do? Where do I want to go? What are my goals? Every day that you don't have a plan, you're planning to fail. Are you with me, friends? I, it's, it's so fun. Like, we, did, we didn't necessarily get this when we were younger, but we've learned this. And now I'm, I'm happy because my kids have, like, out of everything that they learned, they learned the good things. Thank God for his mercy. They learned the good things. Taylor now has recognized how we have bought and sold houses all of our married life. We've bought them low. We bought the worst houses in the best neighborhoods. And then we were able to, to sell them and turn them for a profit. We stumbled on that when we bought our first house. We bought our first house. We sold it. We made $30,000 on it. I'm like, there may be something to this. Like, come on. We haven't even lived here this long. And so we intentionally started doing that. And now here we are in our 40s, and, that's, and people look at us, and they're like, man, that church must pay you well. Well, they do decent. Praise the Lord. We've got a good board of directors that believes in us. But the reason we live where we live is not because of what the church pays us. It's because we've made smart decisions when it comes to investments. We have multiple streams of income. And so now Taylor has figured this out. Taylor can tell you to the day when he can sell his house. They got married. He bought a house before they even got married. And it was one of those houses that, you know what, needed a little bit of love. And he's put some love in it. And now he can tell you to the day when it's two years so he doesn't have to pay capital gains tax. And he can sell that. And then he has a seven-year plan to the house that he wants to be in. 
Are you, are you with me? It's just a plan. It's just a plan, and then you just follow the plan. I know business leaders right now, they can tell you exactly how much their company is worth and how much it needs to be worth because they're approaching the age where they want to, they want to sell the business. They can tell you the exact clients they need. They can tell you how much it needs to be producing a year, and they've got a plan to get it there. Wake up in the morning and have a plan for your day. Don't just, whatever happens, happens. And don't let, don't let necessarily others set your day for you. And I realize some of us, we're in, a, we're in a work capacity where some of that is there, but at least you know what the plan is. For us, I mean, I wake up every day and I look at my day. I have coffee, read my Bible. Let's just be honest. I wouldn't get much out of the Bible unless I started with coffee, okay? Okay, so I have coffee. I, have, I, I read my Bible, and then Tyra and I, we sit down and we look at our calendar for the day. What are you doing that day? Where are you going in life? You know what? If it works for your day, it can work for your life. Single people, you can't put your life on hold waiting for someone to find you. I just want to be married. I, I just want someone to love me. What are you doing while you're waiting? Been waiting 10 years, still haven't found him yet or her yet, right? Man, in 10 years, you could have had your doctorate. You could be making $100,000 a year that they can find you on the way to the bank, amen? They can find you in the closing office when you're buying your first house or your first apartment complex. Are you with me? Oh, it was great. I was buying my first house and they were just there. You know, don't wait. Let them find you doing. In fact, Matthew chapter 24 says, says, it will be good for that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns. Let them find you busy. Let them find you on your way to achieving your dreams. Verse 14, he goes on to say, I press on toward the goal. Paul says, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. There is a goal. There is a plan. That's why I haven't bought my new car yet, and I'm still driving this one because I got a goal I'm pressing towards. Are you with me, friends? That's why I haven't bought a whole new wardrobe of clothes yet because I got a goal that I'm pressing towards in life. That's why I'm working a job and going to school because I got a goal I'm pressing towards in life. That's why I got this little side hustle going on. I'm selling cars. I'm selling dogs. I'm selling makeup, right? Why? Because I got a goal I'm pressing towards in life, a specific predetermined place that I am pressing towards. Fellas, how can she, who's called to be, who's created to help, shameless plug, created to help you, how can she help you if you don't know where you're going? Amen. Luke chapter 14 says, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. This is scripture, guys. The Lord's helping you. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay a foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you. 
This is the major cause of most bad credit. This is the major cause of bankruptcy or, or, or failed businesses is because we failed to count the cost. It wasn't the market went south. It was because we never counted the cost. We never figured out how much we could actually afford. Well, that's just not faith, brother. Now, listen, we'll get into faith next week. Faith has a huge part to play in this. But the Scripture still says, count the cost. Can you do it? Is it, is it the smart decision? Well, the bank says they'll give me $150,000. Can you afford a $150,000 house? Can you afford that? Or do you need to stay in kind of the $120,000 range or even the $110,000 range? Do you need to stay there for a season and build that up? Jesus said, count the cost. Otherwise, you'll, you'll wake up one day, look back, and you realize your house poor. What does that mean? It costs too much to live in the house. I can't really enjoy it because I'm working overtime. Are you with me, friends? And listen, it's not forever. And I think that's what we need to recognize. It, this is not a life sentence, okay? You're not going to stay here forever. You don't have to live here forever. You don't have to drive that forever. But if you have a plan and you recognize that you're following the plan, then someday everything's going to change. Verse 29 says, For if you lay a foundation and you're not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying that person began to build and wasn't able to finish. You know, we look at that and they're saying, the reason we look at that and they're saying, well, people are going to make fun of us. No, 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 no. What we're really afraid of is the shame. Here comes shame. Uh-oh, here comes shame. Anytime we, we get into a lease and we, we can't make the payment, so we have to break the lease. Anytime we're, we can't pay the utilities, here comes shame. They turn the power off. Here comes shame. Anytime we have a nice car, but we can't put gas in it, here comes shame. Anytime we buy a brand new refrigerator, but we can't put food in it, here comes shame. Here comes bankruptcy. Here comes 10 years of trying to rebuild our credit. Looking back, I can tell you. And trust me, listen to me, young people, listen to me. From those who have been there, looking back and asking ourselves the question, was it worth it? No. It, it just wasn't worth it. You'll get there. If I had someone that would set me down and look me in the eyes and say, Darian, trust me, you will get there. And here's the plan to do it. Just follow the plan. It would have saved me. It would have saved me. So listen to me, friends. God's plan for you is to get there. There is a place called there. And I know you're asking yourself the question, are we there yet? And the reason why you're not there is because you don't know where you are and you don't know where there is. God has a plan for you. If we're buying stuff because we want to impress people around us who don't really even matter, you'll never get there. After 25 years of marriage, I can honestly tell you, I would rather be snuggled up with her on an old couch, sipping coffee in a house that's not really what I want, than a new couch in a really nice place and both of us working overtime to pay for it. Are you with me, friends? And listen, 
God is all about increase. You will hear me tell you scripture after scripture after scripture after scripture. There's more scripture in the Bible about finances and financial increase and God's plan for your life than there are about any other topic. God is interested in your finances. He's interested in your money. The third thing, so where are you? Where are you going? Number three, Psalm 37, 23 says the steps of a righteous person are ordered of God. The steps. What are your steps? We got to think short-term and long-range goals. What are the steps? Some of you, you're just going to have to step your way out of this. And it's okay. It's okay. In the book of Genesis, God didn't create the world in one day. He, day one, the Bible says he created, right? He created the heavens and the earth. What was God doing? He was modeling to you steps. Day two, he created this. Day three, he created this. It was, it was short-range goals, the long-range desire was that all of us would inhabit this earth. But the short goal was, today I'm going to do this. He was teaching steps. You know what? I may not have a house yet, but I'm taking care of my apartment. I'm cleaning my apartment. I'm, I'm, I'm honoring what God's given me, right? Are you with me, friends? You know, I mean, I may, I may be driving an older car, but it's paid off. And then here's the thing I like about God. At the end of every day, he leaned back and he, he complimented himself. That's good. That, I mean, I still got six more days to go, but that's good. He complimented himself. It's okay to give, it's okay to compliment yourself where you are right now. You know why? Because there's a lot of people who aren't where you are right now. And we're not shaming them, but you just thank God for where you are. God, I thank you for the clothes that I have. I thank you that, you know what? I may not be out buying this whatever, but my bills are paid. Thank God that my bills are paid. You know what? Some of you, you're like, man, I can't pay most of my bills. Well, start with the bills that you can pay. And thank God, God, I'm going to pay this whole one today. Shh. Paid. Right? Thank God for where you are. Thank God for the steps that you're taking. I know for Tyra and I, there was a season in our life where, we, again, it was one of those deals where we bought low and we had invested into this property and we had paid it down. And, and it was one of those things that the value of the house went way up. And we decided we were going to live in this house and we were going to get an equity line of credit. And we were going to use that money to invest into other properties, right? Well, Right in the middle of that, the plan of God changed in our life, and we came and we launched Your Place Church. And we had multiple properties back in Kansas, and we had this equity line of credit. And my plan was because I watched a little too much HGTV, I was going to sell them, make, you know, $200,000 a piece. And then I was going to come to Pryor, Oklahoma, and we were going to launch this great church, right? They were going to sell. I was going to put a sign in the yard and count three, two, one, and people were going to line up to buy, like bidding war, right, on my properties. And I was just waiting to rake, rake in the money. Well, that was 2007, and for those of you who are in the 
industry, you realize that's when everything went, okay? And so we didn't sell any of those houses. And so now we had multiple house payments and an equity line of credit. My mind at this point was like, just make the minimum payment. When we sell the house, the house will, will, will pay the loan. That wasn't good enough for my wife. She started thinking steps. So every month, I mean, we didn't have a lot. Launching a church is not cheap. <laughs> but every month, she would start making payments against that equity line of credit. And I, I, I'll never forget this. We got several months down the road, and I was bringing up the equity line. And I'm like, man, I just wish we'd sell this one house because it would take care of everything. And she's like, how much do you think we still owe? And I threw a number out there, and she kind of giggled a little bit. I'm like, what's so funny? She says, I've been paying that off. And she had, she, listen, she had, she had knocked chunks off of that thing. Just a step here, a step there, a step here, and a step there. And you know what? The market did return, and the Lord knew exactly what he was doing. We ended up putting tenants in those houses who not only paid double what we owed on it, so we were making a monthly income there. And then we sold the properties back when the market came up, and we had less to pay off because someone else was paying the note, and she had paid off the debt or paid it down drastically. Steps. Steps. Just think steps, and then follow your plan. Amen, friends? Very practical, but very necessary. Now she's doing it with our current house. We just bought a house. And she's already, we already owe less on our current house than, than when we closed on it because she's just she's taking steps. She's taking steps. Step by step, you'll walk your way out. Are you there yet? Maybe not, but you're closer than you've ever been. Thank God for these small successes along the way. Thank God for these moments. Appreciate where you are right now. Some people are asking the question to me, are we there yet when it comes to this facility? We're further than we've ever been. And my builders tell me this, we're right on schedule. We're right on schedule. You know how we know that? We have a schedule. We have a plan. We have a feasibility report. And we're right on schedule. Are you on schedule? You have a place called there. Are you on schedule? Do you have a schedule? Do you have a plan? Do you have goals? You know what? If you need help in these areas, there are people sitting right next to you who are really, really good at this. And you're like, well, I'm too ashamed to ask. Don't let shame stop you. Don't let shame stop you. Shame will keep you in a place you don't want to be. We all made mistakes. Paul said, forgetting what is behind, I strain through the shame. I press on through my embarrassment. I press on through an awkward conversation towards the goal that God has for me. It's hard to know where you're going if you don't know where you are or where you're going or take steps to get out of it. Celebrate what God is doing. Amen? Next week, I'm going to talk to you about faith. I'm going to talk to you about the supernatural side of all of this. God has a plan for you. And for those who have a plan, those who are taking steps, they're not just letting whatever happens, happens. 
who are getting God involved in the equation, you're going to find out what God's plan is for your life, and you're going to see supernatural things happen in your life. I'm going to tell you supernatural story after supernatural story next week. And here's what you need to know. If God did it for one, he'll do it for you. He's not a respecter of persons. He doesn't, he doesn't give one person blessings and say, well, you're not worthy. Jesus Christ made you worthy. Amen, everyone? But you can't, you can't, you can't expect God to move if you don't know where you are. So I'm just going to pray for you this morning. Father, I thank you right now for your word. And Lord, we know that your word brings light and your word brings understanding. And Father, I pray for my church-like family right here, God. I know the plan that you have for them. Father God, your plan is, is yes and it's amen. And your plan is to give them the desires of their heart. And God, you said that you've given us the ability to gain wealth. Father, you've given us, you've wired us in certain ways, Father God, that we can gain wealth, that we can live our best life now, that we can be generous people. Father God, that we can be a part of something that's bigger than us. And Father, for so many of us in the room, we can't see outside the payments. We can't see outside the debt. We can't see outside, we can't see what you're doing in our life because Father, there is no plan. So, Father, I pray in this moment, first of all, God, let shame fall off of people right now in Jesus' name. We all had a defining moment when we came to ourselves. For the, for the prodigal son, it was when he realized he was in the hog pen. For Adam, it's when he realized he was hiding from God. Father, all of us have a defining moment when we come to ourselves and we realize this is not God's best for my life. And I pray that that moment is today. I pray that that moment is today. Father, I pray right now, give us the courage to sit down with a budget. Give us the courage to sit down with our spouse or our parents or even our grandparents. Give us the courage, Father, to sit down with someone in our life group and just have an honest conversation that says, you know what? I'm not where I want to be. And I just need someone who has a plan to help me get there. Will you help me? And Father, I thank you for favor, and I thank you for your plan in their life. Father God, are they there yet? No, but they're so much better off than they were. And Father, I thank you that you will make sure that every single one of us gets there. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You have been listening to a YPC podcast. Visit our website at ypcprior.com to hear more.